Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have Jenilyn Gleave, who is a local TV show host of the Conversation with Jenilyn show. On this week's tech news, I first want to discuss how cybersecurity research firm Checkpoint has discovered multiple vulnerabilities in the TikTok video platform. For those of you who haven't heard of TikTok before, most likely your kids have, it is a platform to make viral videos. Think of it as making short YouTube and it's going viral and the company comes out of China. What Checkpoint says in the discovery was that in some cases, uh, hackers could fake SMS text messages from the TikTok platform to an unsuspecting victim and the victim clicks on the links malware would be added to their phones and all their videos and media could be viewed from the hacker Uh, other concerns is that the infrastructure being used on the back end of TikTok is also insecure and so this is really causing a lot of eyeballs on from the U.S. and other countries on what TikTok, the platform, can actually be doing in terms of surveillance and privacy. I will be talking more about how to keep applications like TikTok and other social media platforms safe later on in the cyber tip of the week. Linksys, the home Wi-Fi router company that was once owned by Cisco, announced that they're developing wellness pod technology. And this wellness pod technology is to actually increase or enhance quality of life. So think of the ability to listen in on your breathing rate or your sleeping pattern to know if you have sleep apnea. These are things that Linksys says will enhance the quality of its users' lives and then be able to take that data and use it as a treatment plan to improve. Now, One differentiation that Linksys claims is that they do not require wearable cameras for their technology. Sprint just announced that they will be shutting down their Virgin Mobile USA cellular phone business as of February 2nd. This is a strategic move by Sprint, and they will be moving those users onto Boost Mobile. One of the unanswered questions is how you will actually pay for the service since Sprint announced that Boost will still not accept PayPal. In our final news of the week, Facebook is under even more scrutiny after announcing that they were going to have a ban on deep fakes and came out with a policy on those on those deep fakes. Just as a reminder, deep fakes are videos that can be spoofed with realistic images of different people's faces or voices, and it's a real big concern, especially coming into an election year. Facebook wrote a policy saying that they banned deep fakes, and these are obviously deceptive um, types of content. But the weird thing was that Congress actually said that they were even more concerned over what the policy entailed once they announced it. Uh, Congress is going to be holding a hearing about online deception, which they've asked Facebook to participate in. So they think it might just be a ploy that Facebook is trying to be preemptive 
before that meeting. I'm sure that since we're in election year, we'll be talking a lot more about deep fakes. And that's the tech news of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, this is Keith Koo, host of Silicon Valley Insider. My special guest is Jenilyn Glee, who hosts a local TV show, Conversations with Jenilyn. Welcome, Jenilyn. Thank you so much for inviting me. So, Jenilyn, it's a little bit different because you ordinarily host a TV show, so welcome to radio. <laughs> I'm excited. So, tell me a little bit about how you got started. How did you come to the United States because you came from Guyana? And how did you start your show? Well, I I'm, I want to say that I don't only host, but I also produce my show. And I came to the United States back in 1986 in marriage to a dentist from San Francisco. And when I first arrived here, I was a mother and a wife and worked in his dental practice sometimes as an outlet from the kids in the home. And later on, when the children grew up, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do, and um, Facebook started connecting me to everyone from my past, and I managed to connect with my drama teacher, who trained me from 10 years old, and I won my first drama competition at 10, and coincidentally, I was thinking of trying to get into a local theater and get back into theater, because I love it, and at the same time, he showed up, and he told me. He asked me, are you in a, a theater in San Francisco? And I said, no, it's not like Guyana. It's not a little fishbowl. It's an ocean. And there are many actors and actresses. I just don't see how that's going to happen. And he said to me, I don't care what size of the bowl it is. <laughs> I know your abilities. You need to go out there and audition. When I first got here, I was interested in finding a theater, but my ex-husband guaranteed me my accent would work against me being casted. So I gave up on that idea. And when my drama teacher showed up 10 years later and I decided to audition, I met someone who invited me on her TV show because I also write poetry. And she wanted, her segment was on poetry. Mm -hmm. And so uh, while I was on her show, at the end of the show, they told me, you know, you're a natural on television. You should look into doing your own show. And I thought, you know, I've done theater. I'm going to try television. So I took classes, and I volunteered for a year. And then in 2011, February 19th, I started what I call Give It a Name with Jenny Lynn. Okay. As a way to engage my viewers. And I said, tell me what I should call my show. And the overwhelming response was, you should call it The Jenny Lynn Show, because your name is a pretty name. So... It was uh, the Jenny Lynn show until last year when I rebranded re it and named it Conversations with Jenny Lynn at the suggestion of a really good friend. Got it. So what was the transition like? I mean, first of all, was the drama teacher from Guyana? Yes, he taught me. He was my drama teacher and my math teacher. Okay. He taught me math and history because I grew up in a very remote part of Guyana. It was actually strategically located on the Venezuelan border. And it, because it was so little, the school I went to didn't have a tremendous amount of teachers. So one teacher taught more than one subject. Oh, that's great. And did that drama teacher later move to the United States as well? No, he lives in Antigua now. He's a big educational 
I think he's an education officer for a huge school district in the island of Antigua. Got it. Got yeah. it. So he's been encouraging you. You started the show. So what was the process like to get your show in order? I'm someone who, if I set my mind to something, if I don't have someone to tell me, there are YouTube tutorials that teaches you everything now. So I took classes at KMVT, and then I volunteered for a very long time, and then I'm sort of self-taught editor. So in addition to hosting, producing, I also edit. I actually do everything in television, and most of it self-taught. Because I have a passion for it. And I feel like when you love something, your passion drives you to the sky, which people refer to as the limit. And that's how I think. And that, that's how I behave. And so I credit that to the success of where the show is today. Well, that's great. And you are found locally on what station? I am on, this, we are in the Silicon Valley on KMVT. In Sunnyvale, I think we're on 25. In Mountain View, we are on Channel 25. But to be honest with you, I don't really follow exactly which channels my show is airing on. It's syndicated. So I think it plays on different stations throughout the country. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, I'm glad you're here, Janeline Gleave. She is the host and producer of the Conversation with Janeline show here on local cable television. If you want to get a hold of Janeline, you can email us at info at or come to our website, svn.biz. And Janeline, what's your website? It's conversationswithjennylynn.com. All right. So when we come back, we'll spend more time with Jenny Lynn, so don't go away. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Once again, I'm joined with a very special guest, Jenny Lynn Gleave, who is the producer and host of her own local TV show, Conversations with Jenny Lynn. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Thank you, Keith. So here's a question for you, Jenny Lynn. I know for followers of your show locally, you get a lot of great guests. You've had Steve Wozniak. You had Ed Oates, co-founder of Oracle. You had the first scientist of Amazon. How do you get these guests? I am very, I'm tenacious and determined. I got Mr. Wozniak um, because I met him at the studio and I asked him if he would come on my show as a guest, make a guest appearance. And he asked me what it was about and I told him that the goal of my show is to encourage people, especially young people from a lesser socioeconomic background, that they too can make a success of their life. And I'm very strategic in selecting people that I interview, although I'm pretty much open to anybody with a good story. My goal is always to inspire someone with someone else's success so they too can make that choice. It's an option. It's just how you apply yourself, determination, etc. And so when I told him the goal of the show, he said he would come. He said, sure. And uh, my, the, my crew, which I could never do the shows without and love them, told me, why don't you ask him to commit to a time now? Because he may forget. So I went chasing after him with the interview schedule. And um, a woman was there when I got there, and she asked me who I was. And I said, I'm Jenny Lynn. I produced The Jenny Lynn Show. And who are you? And she says, I'm his wife. <laughs> and she goes, send me an email tomorrow, and I will um, get back to you. So she gave me her email address, which I did. And then I got a response from her to- telling me, 
to join the line of 165 people ahead of me. <laughs> so I just took that as a brush off. And I was like, he told me, yes, I'm not giving up. And I later found out he was going to be at the venue that I was invited to attend. And I went and once again approached him and was lucky because the very next night he came on my show. So that's how I got Mr. Wozniak, the co-founder of Oracle, a friend of mine introduced me and I wrote to him and he graciously consented. The first scientist from Amazon, Andreas Weijen, I heard him on the radio and he was discussing certain things about, you know, what goes on on Amazon. And I was actually exercising listening to the radio. He was on KGO. And I thought, who is that person? I want him on my show. So I, I got off my equipment, went into the house, researched who he was, found him, wrote an email to him, and I sent it. And I thought, I know I'm not going to get a response to that, but hey, you just have to try. Half an hour later, he responded, I'll come on your show tomorrow. I could not believe it. So two weeks later, he came and he was just amazing. And he really inspired me and enlightened me because there's so much going on that we're oblivious to. You know, we go out and we buy all the new technology and we don't see the downside to getting, bringing some of this stuff into our homes. So after having him on my show, I have been very careful not that I have anything there to hide, but, you know, you just want to keep your, your, your home life private and you share what you want to share. So I've been hesitant to, to buy Alexa and stuff <laughs> like that based on what he told me. Well, let's pause there, but that's good. Thanks again, Jalen. <laughs> I, I could spend hours talking about privacy because you were talking about meeting the chief scientist at Amazon and how, or the first scientist in Amazon, and um, being very wary. Uh, you know, Ankit, who runs marketing for us at Silicon Insider, we have conversations all the time. Um, I have both an Apple and an Android phone, but I have my profiles way locked down. Uh, I can't say Ankit does or doesn't, but we'll be at events, and we'll have a conversation, and they'll start scrolling on his phone a couple of seconds later, things that we might have discussed, so ads will pop up. And this is all... Things Amazing. that we've talked about before. So, <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll bring this up now since people might be curious. Uh, the way that the laws are written for privacy, uh, technically a company like Google, Facebook, Amazon, so we're talking about Alexa, Siri, uh, Google Assistant, they technically cannot listen to you directly. That is true. That is the law. However, the law is also a loophole that doesn't say that I can't listen to somebody's phone that's next to you. So if we're in a group discussion, you and me, and we're having a conversation, it doesn't have to listen to your phone. It just has to listen to mine. Mm -hmm. There you go. But the other thing he shared with me is all of this information is stored somewhere. Of course. And he also shared a situation where a very good friend of his had his identity stolen and what a nightmare it was. And he, he also shared that his own father was imprisoned falsely yep. for many years. So, you know, we, we all jump on board with all the new technology and we focus on how it's going to make our lives better. And oftentimes we don't do the research to find out what is the downside to having these things. I think it's important that you pay attention to both because I also had someone on my show, um, Mr. Hagegi, and he brought 
he and his company has launched a website and a platform where if someone sends a naked picture, because the kids are doing that now, to a boyfriend or something, and then they end up breaking up, uh, you can remove the person's head if they get angry and start circulating the pictures, and the pictures are going viral because one of his daughter's friends committed suicide yeah, because of a similar situation. And when he came to my studio, he had a plastic bottle that he was drinking water out of, and he was going to bring it on our set. And I asked him, can I just give you a glass? That bottle looks ugly. And he goes, no, 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 it's okay. Don't mess up a glass. And then 15 minutes into the show, he said to me, I've been recording you ever since I arrived in your studio. And I go, what do you mean you've been recording me? And then he picked up the bottle and he slid the label down. And behind the label was an indentation with a device neatly packaged, recording everything I was saying and doing. And so when you talk about privacy, I'm well aware of the many ways that people can tape, you know, and record different things that you're doing. And did he bring that device as an object lesson or he did it because he always does it? No, he brought it to prove a point about how little privacy we have anymore because these devices are in clothes hangers, in watches. And then I, I found out a story where an unhappy hotel worker had placed these devices in like every room in a clock and then blackmail the hotel and really hurt their business. So today in this world, you could go on Amazon and he told me some of these articles can be purchased for as little as $7. Yes. And that's where I think you make a great point. Uh, privacy as we know it is gone. And that's a reality with the face. Uh, I, I, I was at a business meeting last year at a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman I was talking to talked about three very specific things. He talked, to, talked about a Porsche Panamera. He talked about a Sony A7 III camera. And he talked about an Omega watch. So obviously this guy likes very expensive things. And <laughs> remember, my phones are locked down. I know, right. that, I, I know that my microphones by default are not on. Um, something I'll talk about in the next segment on how to check your phone. But the interesting part was we were at a Starbucks and I have suppressed ads. And when I got home, my Mac was scrolling all three items very specifically. Did someone hack into it? Nope. It's because we're in a group environment. There's probably 20, 30 people in that Starbucks. And any one of anyone else's phones, and maybe they didn't lock their phone down, is overhearing a conversation. So this is what's called like predictive analytics. I can't say for certain that it's definitely spying on me. What it's doing is inference. So... There's probably three or four phones in that group that's all listening to our conversations. It's probably saying, hey, um, these are three items that somebody might want to buy. So that ad was probably being shown to all the people in the vicinity because those are the specific things they're talking about. How do I lock my phone down? Maybe I don't lock mine down because I don't know how. Well, don't go away because I'll talk about it in our next segment. (laughs) So once again, you're listening to Keith Koo, Silicon Valley Insider, with special guest Jenny Lynn Gleave, who is the host and producer of the Conversations with Jenny Lynn show here locally in Silicon Valley and also found on her website, which is www.conversationswithjennylynn.com. So don't go away. You can always find us at svn.biz on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We'll come back in our next segment to talk about how to lock your phone down and have more conversations with Jenny Lynn. For questions or comments on today's program, call one 888 
888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have special guest, Jenny Lynn Gleave, who is the host and producer of the Conversations with Jenny Lynn Show. So on this week's Cyber Tip, I'm going to talk about how to keep your phone secure, your phone's microphone secure. And this is in light of our last segment where we talked about all the creepy ways that you have a conversation and somehow whatever you're talking about shows up on your phone. So I will state that when we talk about Facebook, Facebook has gone on record and stated publicly that they don't listen to your phone in the conversation unless you've explicitly given it permission to do that. And you know what? It's creepy, right? Because we've all experienced that even though Facebook says that, I can have a conversation and whatever I'm talking about shows up on my phone or the person's phone next to me. So listen to the last segment again if you want to hear why that might have happened. But here's how to keep your phone secure. Whether you're using your iPhone or an Android or other smart device, there is a privacy setting. In the privacy setting, look up your apps. And this goes beyond Facebook. Look up your apps and where you see the privacy setting for microphone, just turn it off. That's the simplest thing to do. Now, you can do this for Safari. If you're still using an iPhone, you can do this in Google. And you know it's gonna be tedious, especially if you download lots of apps, but you should really do this when you have a free moment. Maybe you're riding BART, the train here locally. Maybe you're on an airplane. You should look through all your phone's apps and make sure all the privacy settings for each app is the way you want it to be. For myself, I usually by default keep most of my apps that doesn't need access to my camera or microphone off. And you can actually, in some cases, say I only want it on when I explicitly say I want it on. So for instance, your GPS for your phone or your camera for your phone or your microphone for your phone. Um, it is tedious again, but if you do that, you should have less creepy incidents like something you just talked about showing up on your phone. And that's the cyber tip of the week. So Jenny Lynn, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Keith. I'm having fun. And now you know how to lock down your phone. I do. And trust me, I can't wait to go and lock everything down. <laughs> so let's get back to the show. Let's talk more about how you got your start. I want to hear about Guyana. Okay. Um, I was raised in British Guyana, which is no longer British Guyana, but I default to saying that, and my fellow Guyanese don't like when I say that, because Guyana became a republic in 1984 and uh, independent from England in 1966, mm -hmm. May 1966. And so I grew up there, went to high school there. I was there during the time of Jonestown. Ooh. Which I think it's the way most Americans put Guyana on the map. That's how I know Guyana. Yes, because in the past I've had conversations with people and they ask me, how come you're from Ghana and you're so fair? And I tell them, wrong continent. There is Ghana and there is Guyana. They are different. So anyway, Jim Jones um, came to Guyana and made us famous, sadly, mm -hmm. for the wrong reason. But Guyana is a beautiful country that sits on the very tip northwestern tip of South America and borders Venezuela and Brazil and a few other countries. And um, I left there 
when I got married to an American dentist from whom I'm now divorced and came here to live. But I'm still Guyanese at the core because that's where I started my life. And I would not change the childhood that I live there. And, and um, you were talking in the first segment about your tenacity. Do you get that from your culture or from your family? It's funny. I was having a conversation with a friend this morning. I was wired that way. Okay. I remembered my parents telling me that empty vessels make the most noise and getting a bucket of water and shoving it down the stairs, creating havoc at our home, and then getting the bucket and rolling it down empty. <laughs> so I think from a little child, I had a curiosity about things, and I was always tenacious and I had certain definite ideas of what I wanted to do and I never let anything stand in the way of that. Um, when I was a very tiny girl, the Prime Minister of Guyana visited the area where I lived. It was during uh, election time like now and he was campaigning. And I remember um, all the schools in our district converged together in this huge building. And it was the year that Guyana was emphasizing um, agriculture. And he asked if someone could spell that word. No, it was develop. And there were all these kids, and nobody would put their hand up. And I was probably the tiniest little girl, and I kept going, me, me, me. They had to lift me up and put me on a table. And then I spelled it, and everyone was clapping. My father was so proud, and I couldn't understand why that was such a big deal. <laughs> he just asked us to spell a word, and everybody there probably could spell it, but everybody was so fearful. So I think that this fearlessness in me, and I believe if I want something and you tell me no, that is my drive to make that no a yes. And it's gotten me very far in my life. There's some things that no is a definite no, but oftentimes it's motivation. And you just have to keep going if you really believe in the reason why you want it to be a yes. And so I think that I got my start because I got this idea to do this show. And it actually came at the time when I was um, trying to decide what I wanted to do. And a friend of one of my daughters, I have two daughters, mm -hmm. um, was gunned down by a gang for a hundred dollars. Really Here? great kid in Mountain View wow. from a very prestigious Mountain View family. And both of my daughters were in college and they were distraught. So I went to the funeral service. And I remember standing in the church and just looking at the devastation, even the priest was mm -hmm. crying, and I'm thinking, what is wrong with this world? Why did someone die for $100? Yeah. What can I do to change this? So I came up with the idea to start um, a foundation called Life Wires, and I thought I could teach girls to cook and sew and knit and do because I am very talented because I love to learn things, and then we could get men who had the time to spend time with young young boys who needed to be gainfully occupied while their parents finished work every day. And this could keep a lot of these kids out of trouble. Mm -hmm. But I later found out I wasn't, um, I didn't have the resources or the ability to have a one-man philanthropy. So I met with the mayor of Moncton View who suggested that I meet with the, with the police chief because they had a foundation called PAL, the Police Athletic League, and that I could probably bring some type of... Um, assistance. And I decided then that what I would do is use my show mm -hmm. to get footage that can hopefully enlighten and encourage these young people because it's what I could do as a single person. So you're not, is this part of a nonprofit? Well, it's a foundation that the police, um, that the police okay, so. organization has been running for a while to help kids who are in rehab. 
Got it. And I actually had um, Eason Ramson was one of my first guests. Do you know who he is? Mm-mm. He's one of the first winning 49ers Super Bowl players who later almost died because he developed a drug habit and in order to sustain it was almost killed. I had him on my show with young kids because he's now been rehabilitated and is working with young kids in similar situations. Yeah, I've heard of other stories with other 49ers. Yes, Yes, it's pretty sad, but somehow they end up on that side of the fence. So then what is, um, talking about your background, talking about how you're tenacious in your your show, how is that more expressed now in the things that you want to do for 2020 with your show? Because I think this year I have a, I've been doing a sit down, talking to people, hearing their stories long enough now that I want to make it more of an action show. I now have all of my own television equipment. I have two great television cameras. So now I actually travel around the world and get stories. And I'd like to go to foreign countries like I have been doing, but on a larger scale and bringing back stories. I was in China. I was in Shanghai later last year. Earlier, I was in Trinidad and Tobago. I interviewed the mayor of Port of Spain. We talked about how they are helping to integrate Venezuelan refugees into Trinidad without all of the chaos, without putting them in cages (laughs) and providing humanitarian help for them in an organized manner. So we discussed that, and anyone wanting to see it could go to my website and watch it, as well as I interviewed the Dutch ambassador to the West Indies, and um, I did some ama- I got some amazing footage, and that's what I would like to do is bring stories from around the world to the Bay Area and to my listeners so they can have an experience of what life is like outside of the world, outside of the United States. I know many people do this. You have National Ge- Geographic or whatever other channels bring these stories, but I want to bring my unique flair to People's awareness. No, that's that's fascinating. Our show is Silicon Valley Insider, and I think a lot of that is people thinking that they want to get that Silicon Valley experience, mm-hmm. although we have listeners in over 114 countries, including Guyana. And it was interesting that I, I like your approach because you're actually bringing um, us to them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because some people are fearful of traveling. Some people don't have the resources to travel. There are lots of different reasons why some people are just not allowed into certain countries. And this way, they're not exempted from that knowledge and that experience. And so that my hope is that I can do that this year. Do you have any guests Ray, lined up for this year? Yes, I do. You're one of them. <laughs> it's coming here, yes. yes. And, and I've been a guest before, so thank you very much. Yes. But who are some of the guests you're going to be bringing I on have a gentleman who's spearheading NATO. His name is Dr. Pelon. He is coming on to talk about the most recent NATO meeting and what the new developments are and what's happening with the, the political situation, climate in America, and how the rest of the world is viewing us and how it is affecting how is the rest of the world viewing us well i can't wait to hear i haven't interviewed him yet i mean in other travels you've had so far what are people thinking about i mean there's so much going on it's a political cycle we have an election can i be honest of course you can be honest they don't think much of us they think we're like a big comedy like a comedy of errors is that silicon valley or the united states in general i think it's a i think it's the it's the country in general because the things unfortunately are political climate 
people have a fascination with it because it's so different. It's so unusual. And I don't want to offend anybody on either side of the fence. But you have to admit, it's quite comical, some of what's going on in this country. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, we talked about in a previous show that we're in an election cycle, that deep fakes uh, are being concerned that you know foreign entities trying to influence our election, whether the U.S. tried to influence other elections. I mean, it, it definitely doesn't surprise you that people think that it's comical. Yeah, I, I just think it's... Um it's strange enough, when, when Bill Clinton was in office, I was in Paris on a plane when the whole Monica Lewinsky story broke. And I was like, good, I'm glad. They can't tell I'm American. <laughs> but I could hear all the comments. And it's like, it's so sad because, unfortunately, with the world, you can do so many things that are wonderful. But the one mistake you make is what people have a tendency to hang on to. And I don't know why, but it's like they want, to see successful people fail, and that's why—that's my guess why they do it. But I hope that we can redeem ourselves in the near future. I agree with that. So, Jalen, thanks again for being on today's show. Really enjoyed hearing your background in your show, Conversations with Jenny Lynn. For more information about Jenny Lynn, you go to her website. www.conversationswithjennylynn.com and you can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, or email us at info at svn.viz. We'll be right back with The Pivot. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. I'm joined with Jenny Lynn Gleave who is the producer and host of the Conversations with Jenny Lynn show. Welcome back, Jenny Lynn. Thank you, Keith. So on this segment of the pig, on the pivot, I wanted to talk about what you said earlier in the show, that Guyana has a large, just-discovered, untapped oil reserve. They do, and they actually um, just, har- I, I don't know if the correct word is harvested, but they just did their first, they just retrieved their first round of oil. And this is really wonderful for the Guyanese economy. I grew up there knowing that we sat on oil, but we were always being threatened by Venezuela that if we ever touched it, they were going to invade because that was one of their chief exports. Right. Um, and so where I grew up, I remember my father some nights coming home and telling us, you can't turn the lights on, Venezuela's coming tonight. Seriously, growing up with this fear as this little girl, you know, that we may wake up next day in Venezuela prison somewhere because several times they threatened to invade. So we always had our borders protected by our um, armed forces. I grew up with uh, our borders constantly being in full supply of armed um, personnel. And the thing is, if Venezuela really wanted to take us over, they could because their 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 army was bigger than our entire country. So that's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> what are the geopolitical ramifications of Guyana having this large reserve oil that's been confirmed? And what makes it different now with the state of Venezuela than before? Venezuela's economy, as you know, is crippled. Yes. When I was in high school, most of the people I grew up and went to school with were escaping from Guyana to Venezuela. And now it's the opposite. Venezuelans are 
escaping from Venezuela to Trinidad to Guyana to any neighboring country because their economy is a mess and life is so out of control there that they've all been leaving. And so because of their current chaotic broken system, we now feel empowered to go ahead and to start um, usurping this resource that we're sitting on to help our economy. And they've signed a deal with Exxon. Mm -hmm. And you asked me what my goals are for this year. I have a scheduled interview to go to fly to Guyana to interview the guy who's spearheading the operation. So okay. I want to bring back a story on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Venezuela is a sad story. Uh, it, a decade ago was considered one of the top 20 economies in the world. Mm -hmm. and, and now it's crippled. But I didn't know whether the military was still operating or not. I think the military is probably operating to try to keep the chaos down within the country. I yeah. don't think they're looking to fight with anybody else at this time. But we don't know what the future holds, except if they try to fight with us now, they'll be fighting with the U.S. as well because we signed a deal with Exxon. So I'm hoping that's bringing some form of protection for us via the United States. Yeah, it's interesting how geopolitical events uh, transpire and mm -hmm. how some doors open. So in the case of Guyana, the timing of finding um, or confirming an oil reserve that they can use. Yes. Uh, I've done a lot of discussions about how governments like Venezuela, as they're declining, that the people are trying to figure out how to uh, preserve their wealth or at least survive. And so they use blockchain and cryptocurrencies to uh, find a way to transfer um, financial assets in and out of the country. So it'll be very interesting to see when you go meet the head of the project for Exxon, um, what they say. Yes, I cannot wait to hear. I think, though, however, I'm happy that, you know, the Guyanese economy is going to boom and to grow because Guyana has been a country that struggled for a very long time. You know, at one point, we even got involved with the Cubans and the Russians because the IMF had loaned all they could to us and they had no more to give, but we needed money. And in desperate times, people seek desperate measures. Um, however, we have, we've now realigned. And uh, I'm just hoping that everything is going to work out for the, the best and that the Venezuelan people will recover because I feel for them too. I mean, it's not fun for them. And at the end of the day, we're all people and I care about other humans. Right. So that is really cool that Guyana has now found oil wealth. Exxon's partnering with them. What's your prediction once this happens? What's the timeline for when things start to really improve for the Guyanese? I think that it's already started. It's happening slowly, but it's happening shortly. And based on the predictions, they said the country would be making a million dollars a day just from this. So hopefully it's true. Hopefully there isn't a lot of corruption associated with it because every time you have something big and beautiful, alongside it is traveling corruption. There are always corrupt people who are looking for ways to benefit themselves and not everyone else. So my hope is we wouldn't have, even if we have this, a very small element of it, and it wouldn't really dominate and rob the people. And when I say that, what I mean is not a handful of people on the top benefiting while the people on the bottom continue to struggle. I'm hoping everyone benefits from this. Thanks, Jenny Lynn. And it's been great to hear this story as well. So with the last minute of the show, I wanted to talk about what's in store in 2020 for you personally. Ha! Do you have enough time? <laughs> I have lots of um, 
goals. And, you know, we often set goals and we don't keep them. I'm someone who keeps them simple because I want to attain every single one of them. So first thing is I want to do more fun stuff. I spent too much time just working last year, either on my show or I do marketing as well. And um, just going out and doing more fun stuff with friends and getting a lot more footage to share with people. Well, thank you, Jane. I, I think that's something that I don't do enough as well is just try to do something purposely for fun. So I'll take your advice and work on that. Yeah, balance. <laughs> so Jenny Lynn, thanks for being on the show today. It's been great to have you. I wish you all the best with your conversation with Jenny Lynn show as well as your national travels. If you have any questions or comments about today's show, how to find Jenny Lynn, you can come to our website, svn.biz, find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And Jenny Lynn, give your website one last time. It's www.jennylyn, J-E-N-N-Y-L-Y-N. So www.conversationswithjennylyn.com. All right. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN.